Well, I know it's my favorite time of the week. Osvaldo, how you feeling, buddy? Oh, so damn good. So, so good. Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite weekly movie talk podcast. Oh, yeah. That was a good movie. Conversational show where two independent filmmakers discuss movies we believe are underappreciated. My name is John Kaviklis. I'm a Los Angeles-based filmmaker. I am Osvaldo Cuevas, and I'm a Chicago-based filmmaker. And today, today, we have one of the greatest novels of all time. But is it a great movie? Of course, we're talking about 2009's Watchmen, directed by Zack Snyder, who also directed 300, Army of the Dead, uh, and pretty much is, it took over the DCU and just fucking ruined it. Uh, <laughs> uh, written by an uncredited, I didn't realize, I knew he didn't like it, but an uncredited Alan Moore, the great, the great Alan Moore comic book author, uh, who also wrote V for Vendetta, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, Batman the Killing Joke from Hell, all kinds of good Good comic books that got turned into shitty movies. And David Gibbons, who was more of an artist, but still got writer credit, he created uh, The Kingsman World, if you know that, like uh, the Kingsman Secret Service movie. I've seen the first one. It was really good. First one's great. Second one's not so good. Third one, actually, when they go back to like World War One, was actually pretty fun, too. I mean, not fun. It was, well, I guess it was fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, he also created Justice League Unlimited, uh, Batman Black and White, a bunch of stuff. And the screenplay, though, was actually written by... David Hayter, who is a big comic book screen adapter, he did X-Men, X-Men 2, Scorpion King, and then uh, Alex T, who, <laughs> his biggest credit is Wu-Tang and American Saga, so, you know what, man, he's all right in my book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, starring uh, the beautiful, talented Mylon Ackerman from Billions, Harold and Kumar, Heartbreak Kid, uh, Patrick Wilson from, uh, you know him from Hard Candy, Insidious the Nun. The creepy Jeffrey Dean Morgan, of course, played Negan in The Walking Dead and was in Rampage with The Rock. Jackie Earl Haley coming back, making it, making his, I guess he, he was still kind of around, but uh, this was kind of his like jump back into like the limelight. Uh, he was more yeah. of a character actor, but uh, you know him as Kelly Leak, the badass home run hitter from the Bad News Bears. Uh, he played Freddy Krueger in the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. He was in Shutter Island. He's been around for a long time. Rounding out the cast, Billy Crudup, Matthew Good, Carla. God, I have such a crush on Carla Gugino. Gugino, I don't know how you say it. Uh, always Doesn't had a huge, matter. Always had a huge Gorgeous, crush on her. Yeah. yeah. IMDb rating of 7.6, 65% Rotten Tomatoes, 71% audience score for the much divisive, divided Watchmen. Uh, IMDb synopsis, in 1985, where former superheroes exist, the murder of a colleague sends active vigilante Rorschach into his own sprawling investigation, uncovering something that could completely change the course of history as we know it. Oswaldo, what do you think of that? I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's such a dense story. Like, how are you going to break it down in a couple sentences? There's so much going on. I, I don't like yeah. that they actually put the name Rorschach in there, but, you know, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very dense. Uh, but I think, yeah, I don't, I don't love that synopsis. But you know what? We sit with it. We deal That's with right. it. <laughs> Budget of $130 million. Domestically, only 107. Worldwide total, 185. So a big, fat Zack Snyder failure. Boom. Uh, yeah. They had a lot of hopes for this, the production company. But uh, they, had, they thought this was going to be fucking huge. And man, it just was not. Yeah. Often called uh, the unfilmable movie. Lots of people had tried to make this in the past, had been optioned. Uh, it was almost done by Terry Gilliam once. Did you know that? Terry Gilliam almost directed yeah, it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Which would have been fucking insane. And then Tim Burton almost did it with Johnny Depp playing the comedian, the Jeffrey Dean Morton oh, character. Jesus. I didn't which hear about been that one. 
fucking terrible. <laughs> I think that would have been awful. I know uh, Warner Brothers wanted to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dr. Manhattan. Really? Okay. Yeah. And this is back in, I believe, 1991. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. that's like, that's like pre true lies, like 91. What would that have been for Schwarzenegger? He was pretty. Kindergarten big, like, cop? I mean, he was huge. He was physically yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think 91 probably would have been like kindergarten cop era. Uh, yeah, man. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, totally. he definitely had the shape for it. I mean, he's supposed to be like the alpha male. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, uh, yeah, I guess the alpha male, like the, the ultimate man. Did you happen to see any of the other casting choices or, or list? Like before, before this one? Ones. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Lay it on me. So here's, here's one that I think would have worked really well. For the role of Rorschach would have been Robin Williams. He actually really wanted to do it. Really? Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was also, it was between him, and this is the same one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was between him and David Bowie. David Bowie for Rorschach? Yeah. David Bowie's too tall to play Rorschach, but <laughs> they would have figured it out. Um, I'm sure. I can't, uh, man, I can't see it. I can't see it. I love Robin Williams. I think he's fucking brilliant, but I can't see him playing Rorschach. You don't think his- In 91? Uh, mm, well, this is before One Hour Photo and Death to Smoochie. Yeah, this would have been Insomniac. like Hook, like around that era. So he would have yeah. been like late 30s. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I don't I don't think that would have been a good movie, but I mean, you know, I would love to see Robin Williams in anything at this point, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That's cool. Darren though. Aronofsky was also tagged for like a couple weeks to to direct this movie and write it. That would have been that would have been miserable. I think that I like Aronofsky's stuff, but it just I don't I don't think he has the right mind for that. I don't think he has the right artistic vision for this kind of a movie. It might not have been him, but there was one director who really wanted to ground it and make it super like realistic, and he wanted to make all these superheroes in their head only and not in real life. I forgot who which one was. Uh, Wrote, wrote wrote a script like that. Well, let's talk about that actually, because yeah. do you know who that? Do you know who that was? For, I I don't remember. I didn't write it on my notes here, but I just found that. I just remember hearing that and finding that pretty interesting. The um. Well, well before we get into that, what? So, what do you think of? You, you're a big fan of the comic, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you were a big fan of the, the TV show that eventually came out, which is actually yes. a, a sequel to the comic, not to the movie. Yep. So, what do you think of the movie? It's man. So when it first came out, it, no, so I saw the movie before I read the comic book. So it's the oh, opposite okay. of you. I know you All read right. the comic book first. Yeah, and it blew me away. I thought it was amazing, and I thought it was so good. I saw it a couple times, and then I read the comic book, and I never watched the movie until a couple days ago when I rewatched it for this. Oh, really? And I was surprised at how much it disappointed, but it was. It still at some points held up. It's it's confusing. It's hard. It's it's it's. I don't know what to say exactly. Yeah, here's it the thing. It tears me in two. I don't. John, it tears me in two. <laughs> <laughs> like a victim of Doctor Manhattan just being splattered right. all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't hate the movie, but I think that the movie with a lot of Alan Moore stuff, I think the movie missed the point of the comic book. Yeah. So I I I really noticed it this time. Yeah, it really was apparent when watching it this time. So kind of what you were saying though about um the superheroes not having powers like the the superheroes in the book there are no superheroes. It's only Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. So like the first thing that they do, the first very first scene in this movie is the fight between the comedian and a mass assailant. You don't know who it is at the time. And the comedian in the comic book just gets 
you kind of get it as a flashback. You know what I mean? Like you get thrown out the window, he gets killed, whatever. But in this, you get a fight scene because it's a Zack Snyder movie. So you get a slow motion fight scene. And you see the comedian like punching through walls and through bricks and stuff like that. So now you've like elevated this person, this human to have like superpowers, right? So mm-hmm. he's got super strength all of a sudden, even though he's just supposed to be a mortal person. And then you start to see other people. You start to see Rorschach. You start to be Night Owl and, and Miss Jupiter. And when they get in fist fights, they're like ripping people's arms off and stuff. So now they all have superpowers, <laughs> which, which justifies them kind of putting on these suits and, and becoming vigilantes. But in the, yeah. in the comic book, none of them had powers. They were just, they just all had like mental problems, basically. And they put on these suits and they thought that that elevated them. Just putting on the suit made them think that it elevated them to be above the law. So you lose that in the movie. And, and in the comic, so the only person in the comic that actually has powers is Dr. Manhattan. And that's why it's so impactful. And that's why he's so special because nobody else has anything even close to a, a superpower. So they kind of set it up in the movie, the very first scene that in this world, yeah, there's super beings, but like, like Dr. Manhattan, but then there's kind of like lesser super beings, like the comedian, like the, what are they called? The Minutemen. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that the I think that the movie kind of shot itself in the foot by setting it up because they tried to follow the same beats as the comic, but you can't because you've already changed the you immediately changed the world of the comic, so now the beats don't make sense anymore. Yeah, a, a lot of it, and and w- one of my big questions about liking this movie is it is it only a good movie because the source material is good? Do you well, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> a lot of my complaints are things that kind of like what you said, just take away from the actual comic book. Like that all the action is is so limited in the comic book. Yeah. And it's also n- not nowhere near as cool. It's right. like pretty, uh, it's, it's it's like it takes a backseat to the story. Yeah, it's to subdued, like the absolutely. mental health and everything. Yeah, because that wasn't the point of the comic book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, they wanted to make a slick, cool action movie, which is fine. But yeah, the comic book, you don't, there's like no blood or anything until the very, very end. And then when you hit the very, very end, it's like, holy shit, there's blood everywhere. And yeah. they did the opposite in the movie. It was blood the entire time. And then at the end, when when the nukes go off, there's no blood. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, well, you guys fucking did that backwards. So it doesn't have the impact that the comic book had. Uh, yeah. I, I think that if this had just been uh, a story on its own and it hadn't been based on a, like, what's, generally considered one of the best graphic novels of all time and really kind of started the whole like subverting the superhero genre idea of like looking at kind of like what's behind the masks um which it now it's like that's like hack you know what i mean it's like trite to do that kind of shit now but yeah that's all it's all this was early is, yeah this was yeah. mid 80s so it was like fuck it but because it was based on this amazing amazing kind of game-changing comic book yeah of course expectations are going to be through the roof for this movie so i think that if it yeah if it had just been a movie on its own and there hadn't been source material, I think people would have liked it a lot better. Maybe. A lot of things wouldn't have made sense. Like, there's a lot of references to the movie that don't get, like, if you haven't read the comic book, you wouldn't get, which I realized that this time. Um, like, what are you thinking? His links, he just shows up out of nowhere. It doesn't doesn't go into, like, how he he's into, like, genetically engineering creatures and things like that. I think there was also when Dr. Manhattan says his, his last name as he refers to himself, but nowhere else that they reference his full name in the in the in the movie as well. There was a, there was just a few scenes that I think paid tribute that you probably wouldn't have gotten 
And it, I mean, it probably would have been fine. I don't think a lot of people have to get those inside jokes. Yeah, it's not a, you know, Kiss making a disco album where people have to <laughs> yeah. listen to Kiss to understand <laughs> what they're talking about. But uh, no, it's, it, yeah, no, that's one of my one of my complaints about the ending of the movie is they, they changed the ending, which in on the surface actually makes more sense, I think, than the comic book ending where it's like, oh, well, you know, Dr. Manhattan, we're going to frame Dr. Manhattan for blowing up all these cities uh, and then the whole world's going to kind of come together against the common enemy. And even though he's going to kind of fuck off or I'm going to try to, uh, Ozymandias is going to try to kill him, but uh, we've, we've, we've now got a common enemy. So the world's not going to nuke each other anymore. So yeah. on the surface, that actually makes a lot of sense. It falls apart, though, because Dr. Manhattan had already been basically a, a weapon of war for the United States. So it's like, well, who the fuck? Like, who's going to... You think Russia's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Dr. Manhattan fucked everybody over. It's like, no, he he blew up Moscow, that piece of shit. He's a U.S. You know, we're launching nukes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it. I think that that kind of fucked the ending up. But also, yeah, like you're saying, like his big, like, links thing. Because in the original comic, if anybody hasn't read it, uh, instead of Dr. Manhattan blowing up cities, uh, he, <laughs> Ozymandias, like, fake teleports like a gigantic squid into New York, <laughs> and it, like, crushes all these buildings and kills all these people. Just but New York, nowhere else It's just in New York. World. Yeah, which I makes, think works more for, like, if, he, if Dr. Manhattan would have just blown up New York, I think that would have made more sense instead of, like, Moscow and, like, a bunch of other cities because then it would be like, all right, he's attacking the United States, and then Russia would have been like, okay... He's he's your enemy too. Now you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Yeah, that would have been a better than him blowing like a bunch of nukes all over the world. Yeah, but it's the kind of like the idea of like, look, like we'll have issues with the Middle East, uh, you know, for eternity. But if an alien race comes down and starts blowing us up, we're gonna all be like, all right, we're putting our shit aside. You know what I mean? It's like you could be fighting with your your brother or your wife or something. But as soon as somebody from outside your house comes over, it's like, Oh, like and start shit. You're like, no, 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 it's us versus them. We'll deal with our yeah. shit later, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, in the, in, in the comic book, since he smashes all of New York city with a, a gigantic, <laughs> like psychic space squid, I don't know what the hell you'd call it. It makes sense when you start to see when you're in Ozymandias's layer and he has like, yeah, like a lynx that's like mixed with something else. It's got horns. So like, they threw that in as like a wink to the comic, but it made no sense in the movie at all. Yeah. There was no background for it. It was just this fucking animal walking around. It was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then like, it, it's like his pet. And when he dies with the pet, like it, it just has no feelings. He's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. But like, yeah. I don't think you even see it until the end, right? No, it's the very end is when you see him and yeah. like, he doesn't really do any, anything. It just like, might as well just take that part off. Yeah. And they might as well just skipped it. But you know, people fanboys would have been like, they didn't even yeah. have the links. Who I'm the sure they know is he. They know he says his name. I just can't fucking think of it right now. Yeah, and, and I, I felt like they could have taken a lot of stuff out. Like, you know, what really got to me this time was the slow motion. I yeah. felt like the, the slow motion and the music, I think, is what made the the movie so long. It probably could have knocked down like forty minutes to thirty minutes if they would have like gotten rid of some of the action. And uh, and, and got rid of some of that slow motion for sure. Yeah, you're not going to get Zack Snyder to speed stuff up though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, like the king, mm -mm. the king of slow motion. You know. Yeah, and I remember um, when I watched, that, I was like, "Oh, that looks so cool." Well, like I said, I didn't, I don't hate it. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I said on the last podcast, like I went and saw it twice in the theater, and because I'd gone once either with a friend or by myself, I don't remember, and then I had taken my wife to see it, and I think one of the things that was working against it is that. 
so they, the the first scene is the is the comedian fighting the unnamed person getting killed, right? And they kind of do like they kind of like brush over a lot of like what the comic does, setting up the backstory of these of these uh, crime fighters. And they did it in this super cool, super stylized like like throwback, like almost like moving photographs. Yeah, and it looked so fucking cool. It looked so good, and then they abandoned that because they had to get on with the movie. And then the rest of the movie was just like, meh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my wife still talks about. It. She's like, I thought this was going to be the greatest movie I'd ever seen, just based off of those things. And then yeah, yeah, it I just actually, didn't work. My first note that I put on here was the opening was really good, and I like how they integrated them into pop culture, and just how they designed the whole thing with that. Come gather around, people. Yeah, the Bob so. Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one of the things I read was uh, I, I don't remember which character it was, but somebody's like in 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 one of those frames where it's like the moving picture. He's like he's like punching out somebody who's like robbing people in an alley, and there's like oh, a little yeah. kid with him. And apparently, like because it's DC, the theory is that that was Thomas Wayne that the guy was saving. So then there was never a Batman because he saved Thomas Wayne. Like this whole thing is an alternate timeline. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, but it's cool. What's interesting it's like, though is, no is Batman, Batman is in the background of that though. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Wait, wait, he's in the background where? Yeah, he's in the background. So it's it's Batman posters. And then you see Batman's parents coming out of the and it says like Gotham and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but is there there's not like a Batman logo or anything, is yeah, there? Yeah, it's an, it's actually like a comic book cover of Batman. Oh, I missed that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess there is a Batman or he's just a comic book or I, I, don't, I don't know. know. But, but that, it was I supposed think, to be Gotham, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that what what you said, but I think they ruined it by adding Batman on there. Yeah, no, it would have been cool if they had set up like, well, this is an alternate timeline and this happened, so there was never. Yeah, there's no Batman because there was never saved. a Batman. Yeah, yeah. I, I think another thing the movie had uh, going against it was like the comic book was super satirical, even though it was really dark. Uh, it wasn't like goofy satire, but it was very satirical of the comic books in general. And I think the movie lost that a lot because. If you read the comic, man, like they're not heroes. Like the comic almost hates all those characters, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but the movie like idolizes all these characters, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Like they 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 changed the characters and and tried to they changed how the audience perceives the characters, and then tried to like shove them into these beats that already existed in a story, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work, you know. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is you look through this comic. And they they all look like a bunch of losers, and like, yeah, <laughs> Night Owl is like overweight and super awkward looking, and yeah, he's like real like, heavy, and yeah, yeah. He, he's a lot bigger. They're all like, they're all messed up, and and just like they don't look cool, which I thought was like made the comic book like what it is. Like these these people aren't like cool looking. And then you see Zack Snyder did to the co- to the costumes, and they all have like these really like cool looking costumes, and like, yeah super sexy like skin tight like costumes and just completely changed that 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 whole notion of it yeah no no i i, I think that's 100 right um yeah i i think he like he was trying to like he kept saying like oh, i want to make it as close to the comic as possible but he he did story-wise pretty much until the end but it's like he lost the heart of it you know what i mean like, yeah like he, you know, he filled it in like with all these like super long slow mo fight scenes and and shit like that. And it's like the book takes its time, but the movie also kind of tries it, but it just it drags so much more. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the book takes its time and tell its story, but you don't feel it when you're reading it. You feel the the length of this movie, and that's one that's a that's a bad sign at a two and a half hour movie. Like you know a movie's really good when it's like oh my god that was two and a half hours. 
Yeah. I had to watch it in two sittings, you know. <laughs> I almost did that as well. I was like, should I just stop? And then it got good towards like the second half. It got my attention back on. So I was like, all right, I'll finish watching it. Yeah, I have to sit up. I like was like laying on the couch watching it and yep. I was out. I just fell asleep. I was like, eh. <laughs> I think that was one of the reasons why they said that this movie's unfilmable, just because it's so much material, you can't really pack it into a two-hour movie, two-and-a-half-hour yeah. movie. Yeah, it's super dense. Like, they took out the whole, like, if you've read the comic, there's a whole, like, comic within a comic, the Black Freighter story. Yeah. And it's super dense, and it's all about, like, pirates, and chill, and you're reading it, and you're like, what the fuck is this all about? And then you realize <laughs> at the end that it's all a metaphor for Ozymandias and, like, in like his plan. So, like, you lose the connection there of what Ozymandias is doing, but you also get a ton of info from there. You get a ton of info that they give you about, like I said, about the old characters and what happened to them, what happened, like some of them, you know, went to an insane asylum in the movie and in the book, but then you also see them like once they, so like Mo, like Mothman goes to the insane asylum in the in the movie, but in the book, he actually comes out and you get to see like what happens to him, what happens to a lot of these other characters. Uh, so you, you actually, in the movie, you just miss out on some of the like the more gradual arcs of, of all of them, including Night Owl, including Miss Jupiter, everybody. Like, there was just so much information that they were trying to pack. And I understand when you're when you're adapting something, there's stuff you have to lose. But it, I think it should have been a, I think it should have been a TV show. It should, it should yeah. have been like a ten episode TV show. That I think can they can justify it, and it probably should have been a cartoon. I think that's the only way you can really do it. I mean, it almost was. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can we talk about this real quick? Can we can we just take take a break from the seriousness of this all and just talk about Dr. Manhattan's giant blue dong flopping around <laughs> this entire movie. Uh, it's, it's more dong in the movie than the comic book, I think, It was right? so much dong, man. It yeah. was Well, in the comic book, he like gradually, because you, you, you see these people gradually change and you see Dr. Manhattan like gradually become less attached to like wearing clothes. And he's just dong out the entire time, man. And it's huge, and it's just flopping around. And some poor animator had to render that that big floppy dong. And Mylon Ackerman had to act against it. Like, it was really... I, I kept forgetting I, he had a face. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Nobody was looking... And, I mean, people were laughing in the movie theater, I remember. I mean, this is, what, 13 or 14 years ago now. But I remember people very, very loudly laughing in the movie theater. And you're saying, in the comic book, you see it. He does have a couple nude scenes in the comic book. But when you see it live and, you know, he can change size and he's enormous and he's just like there, just like <laughs> flopping around. It's like, come on, Zack Snyder. Like, you could have put, I get it. You want to stay true to the comic. But like, of all the things you got rid of, you kept the big floppy blue dong. Come on, bro. I think that was a brave move. I like that, actually. You're a fan I, I of the big, you're a cool fan because of the, that much? Though? I am. That much? I'm a fan of the, the blue dong. <laughs> Right. You know what? I think for Doctor Manhattan, that. I'm gonna isolate that and make it my yeah right. I'm a fan of the fan of the blue dome for Doctor Manhattan to like wear clothes is pretty silly. Yeah, you know but he does. I mean? I, like, I don't the, think he, he does he in the book about though. wearing clothes. But that's part he, of his. That's part yeah, of his. He does breakdown. like when he's in Vietnam. As it goes on, he starts wearing his clothes less and less. Yeah, but exactly. I think a, a lot of it was taking place. Like they got rid of a lot of the backstory, and that's where he was covered up a lot. So I think that's why when we saw him, it was mostly in the present. He was just and dong that's out. in the present. It's it's a dong present. It's a dong. It's a dong's life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I like that he didn't shy away from that. That 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 would seem like most people would be like, eh, let's cover that up, or we'll put a leaf there. You know, yeah, following it yeah. around, make him a, make him a Ken doll or something. That's right. Yeah, 
Yeah, okay. It just it was a lot, man. It was just a lot of dong. <laughs> and here's the thing, like, I don't care. Put dong in your movie, but it was a huge blue CGI dong and it was super <laughs> distracting. I probably that's probably why I had to go back and see it again because I was like, I don't know what happened. If that yeah. dong was on screen, I couldn't tell you one <laughs> thing that happened other than there was dong on screen. <laughs> I'll say this too. I I hadn't noticed this. So, all right, that's not true. I, I had noticed it before with Jackie Earl Haley, but I didn't notice with the rest of the cast uh, quite how bad the acting was in this movie. I thought this acting was, I thought the acting was terrible. I thought, yeah, I see your face. People at home can't see yeah. it. I, I'm, say, I'm saying it. I thought Jackie Earl Haley was terrible. You did? I thought he was oh, pretty oh, good. He was so bad. I thought he was really he's good. I so thought him distracted. and Patrick like, Wilson my face, awesome. My face! Like, he's doing, like, He's doing like what he thinks a crazy person sounds like, or he's trying to sound like tough and grizzled, but it's just like, he just sounds ridiculous. I remember I laughed as hard at that the first time I saw it as I did the big floppy blue dong, where I was just <laughs> like, he's like, he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, he's trying to sound like almost like a Batman type of voice, but it just doesn't work, man. It's so campy and stupid. I thought like, I thought he was bad. I thought Mylon Ackerman. I thought I didn't think she was very good. Yeah, um, my wife was like, I didn't realize she was so bad in this movie. Yeah, it's because <laughs> she she gets naked too, so you you give her a pass. But and she's adorable. But yeah, she's really bad. Patrick Wilson was okay. I thought I he mean, did I really liked, good. I liked the comedian. I liked I liked Carla Gugino. I think she actually was probably the best actress of the bunch. Comedian was good. I thought a lot yeah. of them did a pretty good job. I thought I thought uh, Jackie did uh, Rorschach was awesome. Really? Oh, God. It's yeah. just so fucking campy and stupid to me. Every time I watch it, I'm just like... And he does the whole thing. Like, I know he's trying to talk like Rorschach from the comics, but he, like, drops his pronouns. He's just like, this fine. Rorschach, good. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You sound like a dum-dum. Like, <laughs> you, you're doing this super fake, like, super deep, like, these beans in a can are fine. I like them like this. And it's like, it's shut fine, the just fuck like this. Oh man, man, that's so interesting. That's actually in my notes. I was impressed with Rorschach and uh, Patrick Wilson, both of them. I thought they did a really good job. And really? also, I did like uh, Billy Crub, Crudup, 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 yeah, Crudup, yeah. He did, yeah. He, well, he one thing I liked about good. him was apparently he like because a lot of the times when you do scenes like that, because uh, you know he's a completely CGI, uh, you have to you have to film him twice. You know about this? Like you'd film one like with the actors talking to him, and then you would go like. Talking to someone in like a like a a light sensor suit, basically, mm-hmm. and then they would go back and have like the actor do it later to kind of match it up, like sync it up. So basically, you have to film the scene twice. But what Billy Crudup was doing was like he's like, "Fuck it, I'll just like wear the suit in the scene, and it'll save everybody time." So he had this like blue light suit on that they used to animate it to him later on. But that's why like when he reaches out for like Malin Ackerman's face and stuff like that, you see the blue light. Like that's actually from his suit. So, oh, that's awesome. Good ups on him for not being a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like, dude, Jackie Haley, man, I, I'm I'm really surprised that you you liked his acting. Yeah, it was, I, I thought, thought it was he good. was good. Fucking ridiculous, man. He's just <laughs> my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I liked him at the very end. I thought his performance at the very end was pretty good. Where he was like, "Do it, come on, do, do it. it." Like that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of it, I was just like, "Blah." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it looked like you know what it was like. Sometimes you see, especially like amateur actors doing what everyone else would do. Does that make sense? Like, like mm-hmm. an actor who's interesting, who's doing something cool, is doing something that you would never think of. Like that's why people go crazy for. Um, I almost said Edward James. Almost, what's his name? Um, that's Jackie why people Chan. go crazy. Yes, Jackie Chan. No, but that's why people go crazy for Daniel Day Lewis because 
he does stuff that like even like the best acting coaches in the world are like, I have no fucking idea why he did that <laughs> or how he came up with that, but he did it and he went for it. It's uh, like Nicolas Cage does that. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. I think Robert Robert Pattinson's kind of starting to get into that a little bit. From what I hear about him, like he's a first take guy. After the first take, he starts to get in his head. But that first take, you'll you can get like magic out of him. But with Jackie or Hidley was just doing shit that like it just struck me as like first year acting student stuff. You know what I mean? Like or like somebody who's like never taken like a serious class and and they're doing a short film. Like, oh, this is how this person would react. It's like, well, is there anything deeper than that? Is there anything more you can do that's interesting? You know, it just struck me as very amateurish and hilarious. I think the acting, it was overacting, but I mean, I think that's appropriate for a comic book movie. Well, he was, he was yeah, a but, bit insane. But it didn't match the rest of the movie, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think if, I think if okay. everyone had kind of been doing that, it would have it would have been the world, but just to have him be so fucking over the top and like chewing the scenery, but everyone else is just like trying to play it normal. It didn't. It didn't. I just don't think it, it didn't resonate for me. You know. Hmm. I will say though that his mask in the movie is super fucking cool. Like how it keeps moving. Yeah, because like in the yeah. comic book, it you know it's a still image, so it, it's supposed to be moving. But in real life, I mean, when you're watching a movie and it's physically moving and like he gets punched in the face and the whole mask moves when he gets punched in the face and uh, it just represents like what he's feeling at the moment. Like he oh, literally yeah, he wears it. Yeah. So it, it it's it it was super. I think that was super cool to actually see in real life. So I will give it I will give it that. Yeah. And well, it's interesting, too, with that mask is it's not explained. Like, what the hell is it? Like, why is it moving? Yeah. I mean, they explain it. They, 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 I think they edited that part out. Like, it's, it, there is an explanation for the mask. I couldn't fucking tell you what it is. I don't remember exactly what it is. It's like somebody's dress or some shit. I don't fucking know. But it's, there, there is an explanation for it. You know what I mean? But I mean, you know what a Rorschach test is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, those I mean, little things that are always butterflies and, yeah, yeah, and happy yeah. things. I did think that was funny <laughs> when he was sitting with the psychiatrist and like, they were like, what do you see here? And it would like cut to him like, like a dead dog on the ground or some shit, and then a cut back to Rorschach and be like, a pretty butterfly. <laughs> pretty butterfly. Yeah. But also one thing you lose with the Rorschach character too is like in the comic book, so they kind of they kind of touch on on the girl who um who he he's like she gets kidnapped, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the, the little girl. Yeah. So yeah, the little girl gets kidnapped. He he's telling the story. And by the time he finds her, she's already been murdered and her, the dogs are eating her. It's horrible. And it like breaks him, right? So in the comic book, everything before that, like if you look at like the way his word bubbles are, they're like super smooth and like like everyone else's. You know what I mean? Like, so they're like circles with the little like like word like that points to their mouth. But then after that moment, like in the in the movie, he like hacks the guy up with um with a hatchet. But in the book, he actually handcuffs a guy to like a furnace and then lights the building on fire and leaves him a saw. And he's like, you can either saw your arms off or you can burn to death. Like th- that's your choice. You know, and he walks out and leaves the guy there. But after that, Rorschach, it like really breaks him. And then if you look at the way that Alan Moore, and I guess it actually would have been um, uh, David Gibbons. I, I don't know if David Gibbons did the lettering for it. But anyway, whoever did the lettering for it, let's call it David Gibbons for the sake of argument. He would draw like the board bubbles would have like squiggly lines instead of straight lines on them so like you could tell like something had changed in him so like yeah. when he would talk like you could feel it when he talks and it's like oh something's fucking different about this guy you know and also like his wardrobe he gets dirtier and and he just kind of loses his mind yeah after and that in the movie i don't think i heard i think i was listening for it 
I know that in the comic book when the cops grab him, so he gets framed for the uh, the murder of the mollusk, and the cops grab him. And there's like a huge fight, but uh, in the comic book they're like the little the little runt's wearing lifts because he's like so short, and then he's <laughs> wearing lifts to make himself look taller, and the cops are like immediately making fun of him. I don't think they had that in the uh, no they, in they the didn't movie talk about that. Yeah, that always cracked me off. Rorschach was interesting because in the movie he's actually pretty cool. Like he's he's almost made as like one of like the more sane natural protagonists in the film. You think Rorschach is the more sane of the protagonists? In the mm-hmm. movie, he's pretty he's pretty normal compared to compared the to who? in the comic book, he's like a complete right wing like nut asshole. Like he's completely unlikable in the comic book. You're comparing him to wait to the comic or to the other people in the movie? No, no, no. So in the movie, he's a lot more likable than in the comic book. Oh, okay, okay. They I thought you were lot, saying, yeah. I thought you were saying he's cooler. the most saner, like of of the, all the people in the movie. And I was like, I don't he, think we watch the same he, movie. He's kind of the the voice of reason in the movie, especially like towards the end and things like that. He does have like a lot of good points that Rorschach didn't have in, in the in the actual comic book. Because he sees the world in black and white, like his mask, like yeah. he's very like adamant about this is the way things are. One of the big things that I remember in the comic book, I was like, God damn, when uh, Silk Sp- Spectre starts talking shit about the comedian, he just doesn't care. He like doesn't give it uh, two minutes because he thinks that Silk Spectre is like, a whore and she dresses like a whore and the comedian is a patriot. So like that's not a big thing to him. He doesn't even like talk about it, but he he does a bunch of weird shit in the... He says a bunch of like negative shit in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see what you're saying then. Yeah, and then in, in the movie, he is like the cool guy. You know, he's more like a, a Wolverine type of character. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying then. Okay, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I can get I can get on board with that. Yeah, he. I, I think they they kind of fucked his whole character up. But yeah. so much of, of, I think, of Rorschach's stuff is because they get into more of his journal and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like when they're in the comic book. So you actually get... Oh, a little more of, of yeah. yeah, what's going on inside his head. And you get a little bit of his past. One thing I think is cool, a little Zack Snyder Easter egg, is the kid who plays Rorschach as a kid is also the kid who played uh, Leonidas as a kid in 300. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's That's the same, awesome. That's he's the same little kid, yeah. My buddy used to train him or like his brother or something. I remember when this movie came out, and he's like, oh, I, I think I know that kid. But he didn't really, I don't think he wanted to be an actor. He just happened to be in those two movies, and like that was kind of it. That's funny. I noticed that when the comedian throws the the cup, it breaks over the 300 on top of his, like he's got his numbers written inside his house for some reason, but it says 300. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Yeah, it shatters over there. Although the interesting thing is when, so when the unnamed assailant comes to attack the comedian, the comedian drops his coffee, then throws the cup. Yeah. I was like, why not just throw the hot coffee on him? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be more of a... Although, I guess when you throw it, you'd probably splash yourself. I'm just well, that was my a, own question. That was another thing, too, about... We, we kind of talked on this on, on um, the Punisher episode, where, like, in the comic books... So, in the the comedian, uh, when he's in Vietnam... Also, a little fun fact. You know, the all the flags have 51 stars. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the USA wins the Vietnam War and becomes a state. I did so. not notice that until at this this viewing, and it was because of the HBO show. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, I, I knew it became a, a state in the... They talked about it in there, and then so I was paying attention to it this time. And then oh, one of the flags it. said, like, fifty the 51st star or something like that in the oh, background. Okay. But... So do you remember we were talking about like um, the Dominic West character, like his face was super fucked up, Jigsaw, right? Yeah. Because um, like it matched the comic book. And then in the TV show, 
Punisher, it was just like a little scratch on he his had face. Scr- Mugly, like, don't look yeah, at like, me. Like, like Peter Dinklage. Little, little yeah. scratches on him. I think so I they, got a bigger scar on my face than he did. <laughs> so they kind of did this for, for the comedian too, because if you read the comic, like, so he's in Vietnam and he, he gets a girl pregnant and then um, you really learn who the comedian is when he shoots his pregnant ex-girlfriend in the belly and kills her. But in the comic book, uh, or I guess in both, he shoots and kills her. Uh, and the, But right before that, the girl like slashes him in the face with a bottle, you know, and, like cuts his face. He's like, my face, oh, my face. But if you look at the comic book, his face is super fucked up. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. the in the TV show or in the movie, it's just kind of like got scratches on it. But in the in the comic book, he's like fucking deformed almost on his light on his right side. So I thought that was kind of shitty. What I thought was cool about his scar was, you know, when he's confessing, he's like, it's, it's all a joke, and he starts crying at the bottom of the yeah. guy's bed. The tear falls the scar, and it goes all the way down. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, that's that, cool. I mean, I I that was notice. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because of gravity. Yeah, because he's not super scarred up, right? Like he's yeah, yeah he's not exactly. he's not as bad as as the um as the as the comic book. Yeah, the comic book he's like fucked up. Yeah. So so here's one thing that I do want to talk about. I, I always try my best not to really compare like a book to a movie because there's such like different mediums. Like you can't you can't make them exactly the same. You have to change something for each one. But it's it's hard not to. <laughs> especially when you get as attached to sure yeah how do you not compare it to the source material yeah but i try to be very lenient when it comes to a movie that was originally a book that i've read just be like okay it's going to be different have an open mind yeah normally i agree with you except the fact that Zack snyder was up his own ass this entire time like really like well i'm, I'm being as close to the book as possible i'm being as close to the book as possible so like that's on him if, he, yeah. if you compared <laughs> it to the movie like that's his bad you know what i mean he he kind of shot himself in the foot by being like, Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's as most accurate as it could possibly be, but I'm also gonna change a bunch of shit. <laughs> it's like, well Yeah. Yeah, of course the book's gonna be and again, you have I think it was twelve issues. Uh the original run was twelve issues. So it's like you have twelve issues of like what is it, like thirty pages or twenty six pages, something like that, to to tell this story. And then if you even look at the comic book, like I it's generally nine panels per page. So like there's a lot of information in all in all of these things. And yeah, you just can't tell in a two and a half hour movie. Especially when you fucking pack it full of super slow, long drawn out fight scenes that were one panel in the book. Yeah. Literally one panel. What I found interesting as I was looking through the comic book is that it, it literally is like nine panels. It's like little yeah. squares and it's very It's very uniform. uniform. I didn't notice that while I was reading it. And they only break it like to make a point. You know what I mean? Like they'll break it, they'll break it for a reason. Well, it was the same thing they did with the color in the book too. Like if you look at like the way they did the color plotting in the book, it's all secondary colors. So instead of like red, red, yellow, blue, it's like green, purple, orange is is primarily what they are. And then they only go into the primary colors to like make something super, super impactful. So like when you see Dr. Manhattan, he's a bright blue because you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? Like at the end when you see blood or an explosion and it's like done yeah. in like a bright red you're like oh my god that's so f- it hits so fucking hard cuz everything else i mean you use secondary colors everything kind of looks almost like muted you know what i mean so yeah they they mm-hmm. they the way the book was drawn up was very very specific like they did it for very specific reasons and then how i don't know how you would even transfer that stuff to the film medium you know there's no there's, there's no wonder that alan moore's like fuck all this shit you know what i mean he's just like like he didn't even he didn't even have his name on it his name's not on imdb yeah. he's just like fuck you guys he was well he sold it he sold it when he was really young and needed money he said like he went before he had any money 
he sold the rights to it, and that's why he's like, fuck, I nothing I can do about it now. I have a quote of his. He says, let me highlight it real quick. The only point in transferring something to a medium for which it's not intended for is to make more money, usually at the expense of the integrity of the work in question. So that's how he feels about people changing his uh, his comics. Yeah, no, totally. Absolutely, man. I mean, imagine if you like poured your heart and soul into something and then fucking Zack Snyder comes along and fucks it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's funny because Zack Snyder was quoted one time. Somebody asked him, they were like... Uh, they were, they were asking about the movie, and Zack Snyder was like, uh, worst case scenario, Alan puts his movie in his DVD player on a cold Sunday in London and watches it and says, yeah, that doesn't suck too bad. Uh, and then somebody brought it up to Moore, and Moore was like, that's the worst case scenario? I think he's underestimated what the worst case scenario would be. That's never going to happen in my DVD player in, quotes, London, because uh, he lives in Northampton. He doesn't even live in fucking London. <laughs> he goes, I'm never going to watch this fucking thing. <laughs> But yeah, he's like he's he says uh, the quote. I mean, the the article continues on to be like uh, when when Moore was in a better mood, he said it's probably a good movie in its own right. But he's indifferent to movies based on his work. Snyder hopes that someday he'll still watch it, but I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't hold out hope for it. You know what I I would like to know is if he watched the HBO show, which I think was more closer to the comic book than than this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I know that um, I know that they. I, I would think not. I think he's just like stop fucking with my stuff. Uh, I know that Dave Gibbons, though, was a fan of the show. Like, he yeah. thought the show was pretty good. So, I don't know. Maybe Alan Moore did. I, I, I have never found anything about that. Well, the, I mean, the Los Angeles Times has an article that says, uh, Watchmen, a TV hit for HBO, was embarrassing for the comics creator Alan Moore. So, he probably didn't like it. But again, though, I mean, you're, you're stealing his character. <laughs> not stealing. You're using his characters that he created and developed and his basic ideas. But then they're telling their own story about it. So... I feel like that would be a little easier to swallow um, than the movie, which was literally just like stealing your... I keep using the word stealing, but you know what I mean. Like He 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 wouldn't have given his approval yeah. for it if he had a say in it. He just didn't have a say in it anymore because he had sold the rights to it. So just goes to show you, kids, keep your art close to your chest. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to say that because you want to make money, but at the same time, it's like <laughs> if you sell away the rights to something, somebody's going to come along and fuck it up. What, one thing that I found interesting that I kind of was looking into this time mm-hmm. is that how Rorschach is like Batman. And these were two examples that I can think of. And then Dr. Manhattan is like Superman, right? In, in this world. But what I found interesting was how realistic it was. Because if someone like Batman really existed, I don't think they'd be this like rich playboy person who like parties at night. I think they'd be more like Rorschach, who like is a bum, stinky, smelly bum, yeah. who has like all these crazy mental issues, and he feels more at like the real him when he has his mask on. We yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and then how what they did with Doctor Manhattan, someone who has those kind of superpowers, I think would lose touch with Earth and people in general. We'd be too complicated or too simple for him. Like he just wouldn't care. That's what happened to Doctor Manhattan. He was like, this is. I don't, you guys complain about stupid things. Like, this is not important. Well, that's like when he tells Ozymandias, where he's like, the world's smartest man uh, threatens me as much as the world's smartest termite or something like that. It's like, ouch, bro, that fucking hurts. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, I probably fucking stepped on the world's smartest termite. I had no idea. You know, I was like, even like the world's smartest dog is still dumb as shit. You know, <laughs> it's like, imagine that. But yeah, no, Batman definitely, I think, I think you're right. Cause I think Batman feels more at home as Batman than he does as Bruce Wayne, you know? And if Batman didn't have the money, 
they would have found mm-hmm. him and locked him up and put him in a fucking mental asylum. But it's just because he has the money to fall back on to yeah. hide himself. That that you know, if yeah, if he smelled like shit and he was running around beating up people, they definitely would have found him and committed him. But because they quote unquote he's on the side <laughs> of good, uh, they they let him slide a little more. You know. Also, I'm concerned about this new Batman coming out with uh, uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, he's the Irish kid um, from from Banshee's Irish and playing the Joker. They did the little. He's great. Uh, R- oh, Rory. That kid's I, good. I can't think what his name is, but he's he's awesome. I actually was he playing the Joker in? Yeah, that's him. And there's an extend there's an extended scene of that too. He's like super like I didn't, I didn't really like and, that like, Joker fucked too much. up and. I was watching that with a buddy. We were on the road, and it was like, "Ooh, yeah. man! Like, this is going to be a hard line for them to tow." Like, is this Joker kind of retarded? Like, is he like? Because then you're going to have Batman like beating up somebody with like <laughs> mental disabilities. You know what I mean? Like mentally handicapped, and and it's just going to be a bad look for Batman. Like maybe that's how they like. He's like punching and everybody's like, "What are you doing? Leave him alone!" He's like, "He's a bad guy," and they're like, "He's mentally challenged." He's like, "Well, he's fucking got a bomb on him. Like, what do I do?" Like, yeah, that would actually be an interesting. Uh, an interesting Batman. What do I do? <laughs> we were like, "Ooh, man, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tough sell," you know, because he's like beat the fuck up in that. Like, if you if you go online, and you watch the extended scene, he is like brutalized. And I don't know if Batman did it or if it's just something that happened to him over the years of being a crazy person. But it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, like I said, it's gonna be a fine line for them to walk. Oh, I do have a, an interesting thing, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it looked, you know, when Ozymandias is watching all those screens. Mm-hmm. It looked like one of those screens was altered state when he was in the cross. I'm not sure if that was true or not, but I just thought that was pretty funny. I was like, "Hey, it's one oh, of the movies really? we, oh, we talked about." I'd have to go back and watch. I don't know. That'd be yeah. cool. What if it was all the movies we watched, and and the Ooh, people at home would just funny. have to piece together that that's what we were doing? He's watching this is our Death last episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's watching The Wanderers. <laughs> <laughs> he's watching that big old brawl scene. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Oh, that's how you do That'd it." Be okay. good. Yeah, that's what we should do. Just <laughs> put all our <laughs> movies on there. We're probably like most fans of the comic where we're torn because it was technically a pretty entertaining, good movie, but it, it could have been so much more. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's it's when you have like amazing source material like that, and when you, you're selling it as like, this is perfect, everyone's going to love this, and then people who haven't read it are going to go read it, like, you're you're setting yourself up for a fucking failure, man. Like he should have just been like, yeah, man, it's close, but it's a little bit different. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't want to oversell it. Like I don't want to overhype it. It's a good movie, but it's not the same. Yeah. Like just so like, this be is honest. my take. I try to be as as accurate to the comic as I could, but yeah, it's my take. And, and if you're just yeah. looking at it on the surface level, with the exception of the ending, where it's like, yeah, beat for beat, like yeah, you're matching a lot of the beats, but you. You miss the fucking heart of it, man. Like you just miss you miss the point of the comic book. One of my notes is I I think they did a disservice to the movie by making them cool, like all the characters. Like they shouldn't have been as cool as they were. A hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree with you. They shouldn't have been. They should have been like they all should have been kind of outcasts and stuff like that. Like Patrick Wilson should have been fatter. <laughs> you know, Mylon Ackerman <laughs> should not have been as attractive as she was. Yeah, I think they I think they fucked themselves by by making it like a cool superhero movie because it was supposed to be an indictment of superheroes and and they just they still try to make it a slick <laughs> I mean, it's a 130 million dollar movie you got to put the money somewhere you know what i mean yeah. like i get it like you want to make it entertaining to watch you don't want to make it finger wagging the whole time which is more kind of what alan moore did but at the same time it's it's you're you're missing the whole point so yes 
Zack Snyder, noble intentions had led you to atrocity. Do you have, what's your favorite Zack Snyder movie? You have one? Uh, Hold on, I'm going to look them up too. Yeah, let me look them up real quick. I don't know. I You know what? I thought it was The Watchmen, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not sure because what I was thinking right now was I should probably rewatch 300 and see if I liked it as much as I thought I did. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. So, I, I, you know, I think as it stands, it's probably his first two is 300 and this one. Because after that, I, I, nothing looks, I'm looking at his list and none of those. Yeah, I mean, the Dawn of the Dead was cool. Like the 2004 Dawn of the Dead, I liked. I, I think. Army of I, Dead, you mean? No, no, no Army of the Dead, Dead was a new one. He did the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, like that's right, that's the, right. The I don't dad think I saw from, that one. The dad from, uh, what's it called? Modern Families in it and stuff like that. Oh, uh, that's but, cool. I, I would say, like, Sucker Punch, I didn't like. Man of Steel, I didn't like. I guess I don't really like Zack Snyder that much. The Justice yeah. League fucking sucked. All Army, his the, DC Army of the stuff Dead is, sucked. Is yeah, pretty like, bad. I'm going to have to say 300, I guess. And 300's cool. Like, I remember when 300 came out, there was this huge argument about, like, oh, it's like rewriting history and da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, well, you guys are missing the fucking point of 300, too, because it's like a, it's like a hype-up speech at the end. Like, is it Sean Bean, I think, is like... He's like telling the story to his troops before we go fight the fucking Persians. And it's like, of course he's going to lie and make it this fucking huge spectacle <laughs> about, you know, the Persians are these terrible people and all this shit. Like he's trying to hype up the Spartans to go fight. And like that got lost on a lot of people. And they're just like, it's anti-Persian. It's like, well, yeah, but it's I supposed mean, to be because he's trying to hype up his army guys, you know? That's like, well, because I mean, all World War II movies are anti-German yeah, exactly. Why don't people complain about that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that that that, that doesn't make sense. Um, did he didn't do Suicide Squad? Did he? Uh, I think he was a producer on it. I don't think. Okay. He did you it. see the new Suicide Squad? Wh- which one? The not the one with Will Smith. The the good one. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, uh, that yes, was actually yes, really did. good. That was here's, fun. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna say this, and I think it's obvious now, but I've been saying it since it started. The worst part of Suicide Squad is Margot Robbie. If they got Margot Robbie out of there, I think Suicide Suicide Squad would have been a lot. I think the sequel especially would have been a lot better. Yeah, she. Uh, well, it's like, who the fuck are you? Like, you're the Joker's ex girlfriend. Like, why are you even here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, oh, uh, fucking what's his name direct? Uh, James Gunn directed it. James what, Gunn directed yeah, yeah. that. That's right. Yeah. And actually, I like James Gunn's some of, some of James Gunn stuff. I don't I don't necessarily like Suicide Squad. Did you watch Peacemaker? Yeah, that was I actually awesome. really liked Peacemaker. I was that surprised was really how good. much I liked Peacemaker. I, I thought think, that was gonna be real dumb. Yeah, me too. I think John Cena's trying to be the Rock, but like the R-rated Rock. You know what I mean? Because the Rock's all like family friendly and shit like that. Yeah. But I think John Cena's like I'm gonna be I'm gonna take the roles the Rock can't take. Uh, and I think Peacemaker was one of them. He was funny though. I was like really surprised. Good actor, funny. He was really good. Yeah, like they, I, the whole show was like surprising. That I expected the the suicide got to be really shitty so i was really surprised and i expected peacemaker to be really shitty too so again i was surprised yeah 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 i was i didn't have high hopes for peacemaker i think i think there's they're kind of putting a pin in season two which is a bummer um because of the whole re redo of the um the dcu so uh, uh which is kind of kind of shitty you but stick with that that was the only thing that worked that and i guess the suicide squad everything else is i don't know man i can't get into this whole dc world no, it's terrible, man. I mean, it's yeah. like the the I love Batman. I know you're a huge Batman fan too, but other than that, it's like I don't care about I don't care about Flash or Green Lantern or any of these fucking people. Although they did new, announce a new Superman actor. Did you hear this? No, who is it? Some dude named David Cornsweat. David Cornsweat? 
<laughs> yeah, David Cornsweet. Oh, he's actually American. That's weird. I you, I just assume all <laughs> actors are British now. Uh, God, 1993. He's just a baby. Let's see what he looks like. Um, a skinny version of the current Superman. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Superman's got to look. They're always gonna just look like he's always just gonna look like Superman. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope he does something interesting with it, though. I don't know who the fuck he is, but I hope he does something interesting with it. Cause like, I mean, Brandon Routh was fucking terrible. This new guy. I mean, uh, he. I mean, he's fine, but Superman's just not a. I, to me, Superman's just not an interesting character. No, he's boring. Yeah, he's boring. It's like the only thing I can stop you is a rock. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Well, that's what made um, Dr. Manhattan so interesting was the fact that he didn't care. Like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. At least he had some kind of personality. And I think that's honestly what Superman would do. Like, he wouldn't. Oh, did you ever see Brightburn? Yeah. 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 With, uh, was it Elizabeth Banks and the guy from The Office, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Not Jim from The Office, but like Roy from guy. The Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it. I remember thinking that it was going to be way better than it was. And it turned out to be okay. Yeah. I, the idea was really cool, though. I, I did enjoy the idea. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. Like a bad Superman, kind of. Yeah. I, just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think the execution wasn't wasn't there. Because that was... um Oh, David Yuvarsky. No, I thought that was somebody else. I thought that was... I think that was James Gunn again. I don't remember. No. Oh, he directed Nightbooks. Actually, my mom works with the guy who wrote Night... <laughs> Such a weird connection. My mom works with a guy who wrote... Nightbooks, or like her husband wrote Nightbooks, and now it's a movie. I don't fucking know. She tells she tells me constantly about it because I'm a writer. She's like, "Oh, I know a guy," and I'm like, "He doesn't give a shit about me, mom. I don't want to talk to him." <laughs> you should you, you should get his number. Maybe he'll yeah. give you some you, good maybe advice. Maybe he'll help. Maybe he'll help you out. Like he doesn't give a fuck, mom. Cause <laughs> I because I wouldn't give a fuck. So uh, maybe he's nicer than me. I don't know. <laughs> I love you, mom. I appreciate you having my back constantly. Like she listens to this show. <laughs> I was holding on my friend. You got anything else about Watchmen? No, I think that's it. That's it, man. Book Thank over you. movie, show over movie, book over show is how I'm doing it. Say that again. Number one, book. Number two, show. Number three, movie. Yeah, I yeah? agree. Yep. Cool. Well, there you go. There you go, people at home. That's my ranking. There it that's is. Oswaldo's ranking. And uh, I'm guessing your ranking's probably similar, but why don't you reach out and tell us uh, Instagram, oh yeah, that was a good movie, or Email, oh yeah, that was a good movie at gmail.com. There's so much going on that we forgot about, I'm sure. So why don't you reach out, throw it in our faces, make us feel like idiots, tell us how wrong we were, because we do always love hearing how wrong we were. Yep, we'll leave it entirely in your hands. Okay. <laughs> That's the last line of the comic book. Oh, what, the the guy who's who's going to, yeah. the publisher or whatever? I do mm-hmm. think that's a good ending, and they did, they did do justice to it in the movie, which is like, Oh, all this fake piece is going to go away. You know what I mean? All right, so we just did Watchmen, which was one of my picks. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for you to pick a movie. Okay, I'm going to give you a choice, and I'm not going to tell you what they are. Mm, okay. But, and I don't know if you've seen either of these movies, so you can either choose between, let's say, like a super fun, kind of over-the-top action movie, or a super beautiful, artistic interesting like really well done movie okay so last action hero versus twins <laughs> i mean twins is an action movie i think you know oh cookies i can't wait to toss them <laughs> yeah like so n- neither of these movies I, I couldn't decide i don't know they're both on my list I, and i i was kind of like we're going from this comic book movie so we can either go serious or we can go even goofier Let's go. Um, let's go even goofier. I felt like the Watchmen was too serious. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'll save I'll save this other one for later. So now this movie people don't like. I'm gonna tell you right <laughs> now. People don't like this fucking movie. I can understand why, but I think once we break it down, you're gonna be like, Oh, I actually really like this movie. You're gonna say, Oh yeah, that was a good movie. All right. So it's an action. You, watching movies, knowing you're going to discuss it, changes the way you look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. We go back to 2007, uh, written and directed by Michael Davis. A man named Mr. Smith delivers a woman's baby during a shootout and is then called upon to protect the newborn baby from the army of gunmen. Are you talking about shoot 'em up? I'm talking about shoot 'em up. Yeah, yeah. that is such a good movie. <laughs> Dude, what are you people, about? people don't like people that. People hate shoot 'em up. People really? hate shoot 'em up ah. so bad. I didn't think you'd ever <laughs> seen it. Yeah. So starring Clive Owen, Monica Bellucci, Paul Giamatti, super over the top. Okay, so I didn't oh, know. Yeah. I didn't know that you liked that movie. All right, well, no, we should go on the other. Movie. We should so go on the other they, one. They then. have a sex scene while they're killing a bunch of oh, shooting up a bunch so, of people. <laughs> it's so over the top. People hate it, but I, I think it's super fun. So yeah, you can you can I've only been able to see it. Uh, I got to go through all the streaming services I have, but um, you can rent it for like three bucks on Prime. I, I you could probably find the DVD or Blu-ray for probably about that somewhere too. <laughs> but um, yeah, 2007 shoot 'em up is what we're doing next week. So everyone tune in, uh, whether you like it. I hope you don't like it, so that we can then convince we, you to we like can it. We can convince you super, and tell you why. Super super why fun. you like it. Yeah. So next week, shoot 'em up. Good man, this is gonna be. We need to disagree more. People tell us that we need to disagree more, but we just we're friends for a reason, you know. Yeah, that's right. Hey, we disagreed about uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Terrible. My friend. I thought he deserved five Oscars, and you only thought he deserved three. Yeah, exactly. My Oscars. This is part of the show we call "What's Good." We talk about something that's good from our lives that's not uh, movie related. Could be, could be TV. Could be. Books could be radio, could be phonograph, could be hieroglyphics on the wall, could be anything. So Oswaldo, my friend, I think I went first last week. What's good, buddy? All right, so this is kind of a two-parter because it's, it's okay. two different things, but kind of one thing. So I, I purchased a Black Magic camera like three years ago, I think now, and I've been. It came with a free copy of DaVinci Resolve. Mm-hmm. And I've been using it more and more, and it just keeps getting better and better. So it's an editing platform for those of you who don't know. But recently, I've been using it even just to edit this podcast. I've been using that over Logic, and it's been pretty nice because I have this thing called a speed editor. Oh, John yeah. Can see it. yeah. Yeah. John it's like can see key, it. But like a little keyboard. Yeah. yeah, it's a keyboard. It's got a wheel on there, but it it's super well built, and it has all the shortcuts built in, so I can basically edit without touching the mouse pad for the most part like i can do a lot of it really fast and just scroll through there and, and get it all all done and i've been editing a lot for work recently and i just been really enjoying this thing at first i didn't like because it only worked with like certain aspects of the program but the more i figured it out the more I, i'm able to work with it so it's saving me a lot of time i'm really enjoying it and i'm also really enjoying davinci resolve you know yeah. i stopped premiere pro i haven't touched that in a very long time I, I think I'm going to make the switch. I think we're going to make the switch to full-time DaVinci. Yeah, because the the Premiere I like, uh, when I'm doing animation stuff, I'll probably stick with it because it's pretty, the uh, the workflow is pretty easy. But um, mm-hmm. I did it, I think I told you, I did a shoot, the guy shot it in 12K. There, he had a, a, a Blackmagic 12K camera. And yeah. I, tried to, I tried to edit it in Premiere and it like almost <laughs> broke my computer. Yeah, I think and I was then, the one that told you to do it. Yeah, in DaVinci. I, I yeah. put it in DaVinci, and it was super, super easy workflow. Like it just, it just zoomed through it. So, 
yeah, yeah man. That, I mean, that was that was the big thing about it. I, it had a bunch of hiccups when I first started using it about three years ago, but it was so much faster than Premiere. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, it's worth because I hate sitting around waiting for Premiere was just a pain in the ass for such a long time. It would take forever to do everything. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to stick with this just because I can actually be creative and then I can figure it all out later if I if I need to move stuff around. But yeah, it's it's been and they keep adding a bunch of really cool things with their neural engine. So you can like highlight somebody and it'll it'll completely cut them out of the scene if you want in like matter of seconds. They're editing this really cool feature, which I'm pretty excited about because I do like a lot of documentary type work. Yeah. But they're making it so that, so basically one of the new features is you're going to be able to have it automatically add subtitles for you. And then you can also just take the subtitles and highlight that and edit that and edit things through the subtitles. So instead of having to look through all your footage, you can say, I want that sentence to go with this sentence and then end it with this sentence. And oh, interesting. Automatically do oh, okay. it for you, yeah. I wonder so, if that would work for like deliverables on a movie because you you have to have subtitle when you deliver a movie to like a streaming service or whatever or a distributor. Oh yeah, uh huh. I it wonder does if it would for, count. Yeah, it would, yeah. It basically you can put subtitles. It the whole point of it is you can add subtitles now, but then they said, well, why not edit with these subtitles that are already automatically generated for you? That's super cool. Yeah, what's, so I'm what's pretty the, excited about that. What's the name of the piece you you have? So this is a Blackmagic Speed Editor. It used to, the cool thing that used to be 300 bucks and it would come with a free copy. So my brother's like, well, I need a copy of DaVinci Resolve. So if you want, I can buy this one. And if you want, just pay, we'll, we'll split in half. So yeah. we split it, but I got to keep the, the Speed Editor and he got <laughs> to keep the software, which was really cool. That's cool. So what's I it go for now? I think it's 400 bucks now, yeah. Just for the, oh, for both? For the software is 300 Mm-hmm. Unless you buy a Blackmagic camera, it comes for free. Yeah. Um, and then the speed editor is 400 I don't think it comes with the software anymore, though. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll try to find a used one. Then. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. For the most part, you can get the free version. And for the most part, for what most people need, they'll be just fine with that. No, no. I have Resolve. I'm saying I find a used version of the speed editor. <laughs> oh, the speed editor. Yeah, you might. Because I, I think a lot of people bought it because it looked cool. And then didn't really give it the time to like figure it out. Well, they were and right. So they probably don't use it. It looks super <laughs> cool. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, whenever I've done like, I mean, I've seen, I've, I've worked on like projects where I had to go sit in the room with the guys doing color, and he had like a huge board with like knobs yeah. and rolling balls and shit. And I was like, it's like, oh, I want one of those. And you look it up, it's like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, like, that, uh, that's a black yeah. magic uh, thing too. They when they're using those yeah. things are awesome. Yeah, yeah, they make us a, a smaller one. I think for like twelve thousand bucks, that can fit like on your desk. Well, I'll but tell you what, we'll, we'll split it. You can yeah. have the software, and I'll take the. <laughs> so, all right, that's cool, man. Yeah, Blackmagic so Speed Editor. I'll look into it. Right. We, I got a couple of projects coming up where I was going to do Premiere, and because uh, now Premiere can do color correction too, and it? it's pretty similar to Blackmagic. Yeah, it's not as good. I mean, slow. It's just slow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the Blackmagic. Uh, DaVinci Resolve was originally for color correction. That's like an industry standard. And then they started adding the the editing aspects afterwards. Yeah, they, um, they Benjamin buttoned them like because Premiere yeah. was editing and uh-huh. Blackmagic was color. And now they've merged in the middle and they can both do both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except I, I still think probably for editing purposes. Actually, I don't know anymore. I was going to say for editing purposes, Premiere might be a little bit better. But... I would have said that like two years ago for sure. I'm just so not, used to it at anymore. this point. I'm super fast with it. That, yeah, you know? that was that was a problem. 
that I had going through it. But now I, I, I go back every once in a while if I'm working with somebody who does premiere and I go back to it and it's just like, I'm done with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you don't use any of the other Adobe stuff either, do you? I do. I'm going to use Photoshop, Lightroom as well and After Effects for certain things. Yeah. That's one See, thing. That's the that thing. I, I feel like they don't, there's no program that kind of does what After Effects does, right? Like, yeah, not, not as much. DaVinci has their, their little section. All right. So they have like, it's kind of split into multiple sections. So they have something called media, which is where you organize everything. They have a cut page, which is a lot like Final Cut with a magnetic timeline. Then they have an edit page, which is more like a professional editing section. So that's more like Premiere and Avid. They have a fusion page, which is, somewhat similar to After Effects, but it, it does it all in nodes. Yeah, okay. It, it's kind of an interesting thing. There's a lot to that that, that I've been playing around with. And they have a color page, which you do all your color correction, and they have something called Fairlight, which is like your audio editing section. And then you got your deliver page. So okay. they kind of split it all up in the bottom, all into one program. So the nice thing is, is like I do everything in this program instead of having to go from like, you know, to After Effects, to Premiere, to to exporting, you know, it just, it's all in one, which is nice. Is it a monthly subscription or is it just... No, you buy it once and that's it. Oh, wow. Maybe I'll That's maybe a nice I'll thing to that. too. And, you, and it's Premiere not... got expensive. Yeah. I mean, I pay for the Adobe Cloud. It's like $55 a month or something yeah. like that. So. And I have it now because my work pays for it for me, but I, I, I just use it for just the simple stuff. Yeah. I just write it off. I guess between yeah. Procreate and that, you can pretty much do everything Adobe can do, huh? Yeah. It's an anti Adobe ad. <laughs> <laughs> Affinity it's Design. A, it's is not a, a. It's not a. It's not a Da Vinci ad, but it's definitely yeah, an anti Adobe ad. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I loved Adobe. That's what I first started on was Premiere, but it just, uh, it's yeah. heavy. It's yeah, heavy. Grew, yeah, grew, heavy. yeah. Something wrong with the Earth's gravitational pull in the future. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's my what's good is Da Vinci Resolve slash the Speed Editor. It Speed made me a, a better, a better editor, faster editor, more accurate. A better, a better. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my what's good, John. Your turn. What's good? So, uh, in honor of uh, the Watchmen and being such a great, uh, a great story, a great comic book, I was kind of like looking back. I was like, what should I do for what's good? I haven't read anything new in a while, and um, I forgot that I had this, and I started looking through it again. And man, not only was it like nostalgia washed over me but like a whole new appreciation of the art in it really kind of hit me like that i had never noticed before and it's a gift my sister had gotten me a couple years ago and it's probably the, the heaviest thing i own it's so fucking heavy but it's <laughs> it's three volumes but it's the entire collection of calvin and Hobbes, right so from the very first to the very last comic strip in oh, three wow. in three huge volumes is the entire calvin and Hobbes saga and it's one of those things that like when I was a kid, like it got me into drawing. Like I loved Kevin and Hobbes so much. I thought it was so funny. And you look at it now and you realize like, yeah, it's funny, but it's also really smart. Uh, Bill Watterson is a genius. But I think what, what struck me more than anything was that uh, I don't think that Bill Watterson gets his due as an artist and especially as an inker. So like if you look back at the way that he inks those comics, there's such a beautiful like flow to everything and the way he does like line weights with his brush because he did it traditionally he did like he didn't have pens he just did it with a an ink uh, an ink quill basically you know what i mean like hmm. um and he would just go through 
and like just looking at and the art the art got better and better as he went on and i remember reading stuff about him when i was a kid that was he was like god like i really wanted to like do this massive thing um but you know i'm I'm limited to how many how many inches on the page they gave me and if you you remember towards the end of calvin and hobbs run the newspapers were kind of just like letting him do whatever he wanted to do so they would give him like half of the front page on the (laughs) sunday paper and that's when you really got to see what he was doing but I think that when people, I mean, people talk about their favorite comic artists, you know, they talk about Jim Lee and and uh, Todd McFarlane, like even like the old the old Marvel guys. Like you'll you'll get different people, but I don't ever hear anyone talk about Bill Watterson. And I think that he should get his due as far as a comic artist goes, because he's a he's an actual comic artist. Like it was cartoons, it was fun. I laugh at the drawings, like like when Calvin like cuts his own hair, like he looks fucking ridiculous, and it makes me laugh every time. And that's super. That's super talent that I don't think people respect enough for this guy. Like everyone, people have a lot of love for Calvin and Hobbes as a comic strip, but I don't think people have a lot of love for Calvin and Hobbes as an art form. So that's my what's good. It's it's the entire Calvin and Hobbes <laughs> run, but when you look at it, really pay attention to the way that he draws and then especially inks those comics. It was really something that kind of blew me away. Because it's something that I could never do. I was never had the talent to do that. I use pens and stuff when I draw comics. So um, it really, it really struck me as like as one of those things where you like you see it and you're like, oh my god, like have I never noticed this before? This is like breathtaking. So uh, That's my awesome. what, yeah, my what's good will be Calvin and Hobbes. The entire if you can if you have time and the money, read the entire collection of Calvin and Hobbes. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so fucking heavy. I forgot how heavy it was, man. It's. But it's like fifteen or so, seventeen years or whatever of comic books, so or of comic Damn. strips. So yeah, go read Calvin and Hobbes. Are you sitting in your bookshop, or we're using it as a chair. <laughs> I use it uh, to make me look taller when we do this podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you finish, you just go whoop, and you jump down. I jump down. I'm like I'm like five one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Calvin and Hobbes. Read it. Give Bill Watterson his due. Were you a Calvin and Hobbes fan? You know what? I I was never a big fan. And then I did have a book. I don't know where it came from, but I have a book and I was reading it with my kids and I was like laughing. I was like, this is yeah, really it's good. Really, it's really yeah, well done. I was, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. Some of them are like really deep too when he's talking about stuff and like some of them are just yeah. stupid and uh-huh. some of them are really smart. Yeah. So I was like, reading to them when they were really young. So my son enjoys the pictures a lot. He likes looking at the guy, the kid getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, I think he wasn't afraid of overestimating the audience's intelligence. You know what I mean? Like, I think he accepted, like, yeah, like some people like this for just the comic strip, but some people like it because it is smart. And I am making a point about, like, sometimes he's talking about life and death and existence yeah. and stuff. And you're like, holy shit, man. As a kid, I was like, yeah, well, comic, you know, it's Tiger and it's fun. <laughs> and you start to get older and you're like, oh, this guy's actually saying some shit, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really smart. Yeah. And I think, again, I think he valued his audience and he respected them. And that's why he did that as opposed to just like fucking Garfield where it's like, lasagna today, day, today. Like, like Garfield, I, I read it sometimes. It's like, dude, you're not even yeah. trying to be funny, They're bro. really bad, yeah. yeah. You're not even trying. So... <laughs> Yeah, Watterson over Jim Davis, Calvin and Hobbes over Garfield. So there you go, there we man. Go. Yeah, there's and something about that that respecting the kids and and I think '90s cartoons we kind of had that with like Animaniacs, like a lot of those those morning shows. Animaniacs, the Animaniacs t- was super smart. Yeah, it was really um, smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Rugrats, mm-hmm. all those like I don't know if you might have you might have missed Rugrats, but we I had didn't some get Rugrats. Really, yeah. I'm, we had some pretty good stuff that I watch now with my kids, and I'm like, damn, this still holds up. 
Yeah. Because they weren't, they weren't making it for kids. They were just making it because that's what they like doing. Yeah. Well, that was what was beautiful about Animaniacs was like, you'd see jokes in there that you would never get as a kid, but you watch it as an adult and you're like, oh yeah. my God, I can't believe they said that. Like, that's super, yeah, yeah it's, it's very it's clever. clever. Sometimes very well it's like written. dirty. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, like, oh, they're kind of pushing the envelope there, but like a kid would never get it. Yeah. So, no, I think, I think that, yeah, I think that the cartoons now, I mean, well, cartoons for kids, because like, I mean, there was stuff, I mean, there, every couple of years something comes along that kind of blows me away, like an Adventure Time or something like that, where you're just like, God damn, yeah, like, these guys really are good. fucking doing it right, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what it is. There's so many channels and there's so many different like avenues for kids to watch stuff. It's like whatever you can do to get their attention and to have them sit so you can make your money and sell your products is what it's all about, you know? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. That's why I have my kids watch the good stuff only. Yeah. Animaniacs. They're not selling shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that was Watchmen. That was What's Good. Next week, join us where Osvaldo and I realize that Shoot 'em Up probably isn't as good of a movie as we both remember <laughs> it being, but it's going to be super fun. We're going to have a blast. A blast doing it. That's right. So also, you huge crush on Monica Bellucci, so that doesn't hurt either. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I well, think yeah. that was the reason why I watched it. I was like, oh, it's the guy from... BMW Films and Monica Bellucci. <laughs> One of the all-time beauties. So that's it, guys. That's Watchmen. That's what's good. That's uh, Shoot 'em Up next week. Feel free, please, reach out. Instagram, on the gram, DM us, or at Gmail. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie at gmail.com. We like to end every episode with a quote. Oswaldo, what do you got for us today? None of you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Yeah, he wasn't overacting at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, Jackie Rahela. <laughs>